You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles, and we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Green. I'm one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church. I'm joined this morning by my good friend and new senior pastor of Emmaus Road Church, Ryan Chase. New year. Here we are. New you, new me. <laughs> new office. Have, new, we, have this we recorded is, in here? I we've not recorded in this room yet. Hmm. We've recorded in the bil- in the building, but not in this yeah. particular room. Yeah, it's, it's a game changer. We're set up. We've got a real table with mics that set up that we don't have to tear down hopefully every week. Yeah. Um, so this is sweet. Exciting. It is exciting with, with new years come, you know, restarts. And I, I think it's, you know, there's something to be said about the new year and about there being, it, it's just the beginning of another year. Um, so there's a, a routine about new year where, yeah, you know, this isn't our first new year. Obviously this is another new year. Um, there are things that will just be the same throughout the whole year. Um, God's still going to be faithful to his promises. Jesus is still on the throne and the gospel is still good news. So there's plenty of things that stay the same in the new year, but I don't know, Just there's a, a freshness about starting a new year that we thought it might be worth just kind of pausing and thinking, especially since the culture likes to talk about New Year's resolutions. Um, what, and I guess the question I had in that is like, okay, well, there's something in there, like mm-hmm. the culture's putting their finger on something that okay, we another chance to start over, to to resolve, to to make this year. I'm going to focus on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so as Christians now, is that is that right? Should we do that? Is that mm-hmm. uh, so? We want to we want to talk about some of the right ways to think about that. Some of the dangers that might be involved in thinking through New Year's resolutions, as well as. Um, yeah, just maybe some some that I I have set for myself this year. Yeah, um, but I think right off the bat, it's helpful to think of that word resolution. Your this resolve to to do something, to do something different than you have in the past. And when I hear that word resolution or resolved, I, I don't know about you, Ryan, but to me, I, I immediately think of the famous resolutions of Jonathan Edwards. Uh, and maybe that's just because we're weird, but <laughs> those are the things that that's the type of thing that jumps into my mind when I think about resolutions is Jonathan Edwards and his very famous resolutions. Um, if you don't know, uh, Jonathan Edwards, famous uh, pastor, theologian living in the 18th century, so early to mid 1700s in New England, uh, probably ar- arguably the smartest, most brilliant mind America has ever produced. I, I've heard that said before, and I think it's right. I mean, the guy was brilliant. At 19 years old, um, he graduated from, I believe it was Yale. I'm going to forget all my biography things. But he, he was smart, and he was young, and he was sharp. Um, but it wasn't until he was either 19 or 20, in, in 1722, when he was actually converted to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm sure Edwards would have called himself a Christian up until then. Obviously, he lived in a, a, a quite literally a Christian environment. Um, in the colonies that was self-consciously Christian. Um, So he would have called himself that, but something changed in the year 1722. 
uh, Ian Murray's uh, fantastic biography on Jonathan Edwards. Uh, he says about after his conversion, Edwards's interests completely shift. That's how you can see that the conversion took place. Rather than writing about like his scientific inquiries about. <laughs> resolved to study more about crawfish or whatever, his inquiries shift to begin writing his first sermons, which he calls his resolutions. Um, He wrote down 70 resolutions in the first 12 months of his Christian life, the first year of his conversion. More were to come as, you know, as he went on, but it showed how much of his life had changed because of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Ian Murray, I'm going to quote here from his biography. He says this, Edwards no longer resolves as he once did, dependent on his own efforts. His endeavors after holiness are no longer more the self-conscious striving of a moralist. Rather, they are the response, the response of love to the God who made him a new creature in Jesus Christ. Sanctification he saw now as a personal experience flowing from communion with God and fellowship with Christ. I think that's, to me, I don't know, you can jump in here too, Ron, but to me, that's the main difference with our our resolutions i mean how often are our resolutions things like i want to eat better i want to spend less money i want to work out more i want to you know whatever mm-hmm. how often do those become like a striving to just be a quote unquote better person and i think that's one of the dangers we want to highlight of the of thinking about new year's resolutions as striving after just being a moralist as mm-hmm. as edward says and i don't know what what do you think yeah oh i remember years ago probably at the height of um, uh, kind of the, the there was a gospel-centered mm. movement resurgence. Um, Tim Keller was really influential in that. I remember one January I was doing youth ministry, and we did something on New Year's resolutions and kind of like why they, why they were bad mm. or moralistic. And I look mm. back on that now, and I, I don't think I would agree with everything right. <laughs> we said then. But um, I, I think certainly there can be a tendency toward moralism or legalism. Really, the danger is um, resolution to do anything in your own strength, by your own willpower, by the flesh, um, versus the power of the Spirit. And so I I don't think it's wrong to make resolutions. A, A resolution is just a decision about a course of action. Right. And this is where I I think it's necessary to have uh, a biblically informed way of thinking about even things like good works. Mm. So we're not saved by our works, but Ephesians 2, where Paul, who talks about, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one may boast, then goes into... We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared in advance for us mm-hmm. that we may walk in them. And so thinking about resolutions as that course of action, realizing God has prepared good works for me to walk in, and I am resolved by God's grace to walk in those good works. What are those things that God would have me give my energy and my attention to um, in the power of the Spirit mm-hmm. as, as He enables me? Yeah. And so Paul calls in Titus, um, encourages Titus to teach people in his church to devote themselves, to be devoted to good works. Mm. That'd be another word for resolution, right. to devote yourself to good works. Right, it, similar to Ephesians 2, he makes the same point 
there in, in Titus 2, that we are not saved by our works, but we're saved by grace. And yet, as people saved by grace, it's the grace of God that empowers us to right. devote ourselves to good works. Right. So, so there's an appropriate way to think about resolutions as Christians. Right. And just to highlight some of those resolutions that Edwards wrote out, like, for instance, this, his first one, resolved to study the scriptures so steadily, constantly, and frequently as that I may find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of the same. So he's he's resolved to take a course of action, but recognizing as I do, I, I'm going to learn about my own self. I'm going to learn about my soul and completely and plainly perceive myself to grow. There will be growth that takes place. Um, resolved, uh, never to lose, I love this one, never to lose one moment of time, but to improve in the most profitable way I possibly can. <laughs> never to let any time go wasted. Um, this one's helpful too. Resolved to inquire every night as I'm going to bed, wherein I have been negligent, what sin have I committed, and wherein I have denied myself. Also, at the end of every week, month, and year, I frequently hear persons in old age say how much they would live if they were to live their lives over again. Resolved that I will never live just as I can and shall wish I had done, supposing to live to an old age. Mm -hmm. So just taking an inventory of yourself and and recognizing I've sinned and I'm just recognizing that I need the gospel today. Mm-hmm. I need the gospel this year. I need the gospel this month. I need the gospel every hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to resolve to, to look at myself as the Bible describes it, mm-hmm. um, as one saved by grace and yet in the fight of faith, one who's putting off the old man and, and putting on the new, yeah. uh, trying to put to death that which is earthly in me and trying to work out my salvation with fear and trembling, but knowing behind it all, it's God who is working and willing for that and who has secured my salvation in Christ. So there's this, you know, sanctification is that work. Now, God is the one who is working all things, and yet there are things for me to do because he is working within me. That's right. So that's that's a good way to frame yeah. our resolutions. And I think 2 Thessalonians 1.11 is a great theme verse mm. for anyone setting out to make uh, God-directed, God-glorifying resolutions. Mm. Uh, Paul writes, to this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good mm. and every work of faith by his power. Mm. So that that's the prayer, that uh, God would sanctify us. When Paul talks about ma- making us worthy of his calling, that's not worthy of like, so that you can earn it and deserve it, but more like, this is what you've been called to. And now God is conforming you to that. The gospel is actually changing you into the likeness of Christ. And and may God fulfill every resolve for good. You know, yeah. it's, it's one thing, we, we are so uh, aware of this as human beings, as limited creatures. It, it's one thing to decide I'm going to do this or that action. Whether or not it actually happens is oftentimes dependent on a lot of factors oh, yeah. outside of my own control. I intend to get out of my house during the snowstorm. Yeah. The road hasn't been plowed. The so. weather happens or somebody else does something that <laughs> right. gets in your way or, you know, there's so many other things. So it's one thing to make a resolution, but the prayer is that God would fulfill hmm. every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. And when it's done in his power, then he gets the glory for That's it. Right. So we, there's nothing for us to, to boast about because he's the one enabling us and empowering us to do this. But it is right for us to use... Um, a, a sanctified imagination hmm. uh, to think about what would God have me do and be, and um, what would my life look like as, as I make 
progress in godliness this year. And some of that might look like, you know, very simply, some of these habits of grace that we've talked about and that we've preached on year after year. I mean, there's a reason why we focus on these at the beginning. We do this mini-series on the habits of grace Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year, because this is when people are reconsidering, rethinking about, okay, another year. You know, I finished my Bible reading plan this past year. Mm -hmm. Uh, you You know, for instance, one tangible way, um, that I'm changing a little bit this year. Uh, my reading plan last year, I followed, a, I've been following for years actually, a, a guy, I forget where I saw it, but essentially you have six bookmarks in your Bible, one in the in the kind of Pentateuch, one in the histories, one in the Psalms, and, and, and throughout into the New Testament. And every day you would read up until uh, you'd move your bookmark in each, all six, one page. So often it'd be for those six, one chapter or sometimes two. Um, but every day, you know, that's a cumulative. That's six, seven chapters a day. Mm. Um, so I got through the Bible pretty quickly last year. I think I was done sometime in November and just kind of went back into the New Testament. But um, this year, I just resolved, you know what? I'm going to try and go slower. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to take less in in order to go slower. So my plan right now is just to go slowly through the New Testament. And then when I finish that to go back into the Old Testament, but, uh, you know, just to change things up to, to, instead of just, you know, I plan, as we've said before, like read your Bibles, like you plan to be back around, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, for years I've been reading just kind of to intaking, which is great to, to intake all of God's word. And this year, Part of my resolution, if you will, is just to go slower, to mm-hmm. to take in less, but go deeper, to pause and have time to to look up a word and to dig into the word and um, to really chew on it a little bit more. So that that's like one category of, of to examine your habits of grace mm-hmm. and are there ways that you can alter or change or improve or um, you know take stock of this past year? Did did your Bible reading plan fall off in March, April? or in the summer or whatever, and what are some steps that you could take to mm-hmm. to resolve to continue that? Yeah. Um, so that's just all part of this process of this kind of the new year refresh, if you yeah. will. Yeah, and the new year is a natural time to do that. Mm. It, it feels fresh and new when you have a new calendar number. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be kind of... There are two sides of that. That, that could be a potential danger as well mm. for our society, uh, I think the desire is a fresh restart because we know we aren't what we ought to be. Right. Uh, you know, wherever we desire change, we know we ought to be different. We ought to be better. Things are in, in disarray in some way. Uh, we have this sense of, uh, guilt or shame or whatever it is. And it's important as believers to walk in this knowing, okay, it's, it's not that flipping the calendar to a new year creates newness. Uh, only Christ does that. So changing the date doesn't actually change anything about me, but in Christ, I am a new creation. Mm. And and that's where I have the hope of that power to change. And I know change is God's will for me. Um, so Paul says in Ephesians four, that we should put off the old self, which is corrupt through deceitful desires, and put on the new self, which is created in Christ Jesus, to be conformed to the likeness and the image of God. And so if if that's God's agenda, then change is part of the Christian life. Mm. Uh, and at the same time, 
we know in, from Scripture, back, back in the very beginning of Genesis, when God creates the sun and the moon and the stars, He puts them in the heavens to govern the times and the seasons. And so mm. it, it is right to realize, all right, seasons change, and um, there there is order and rhythm to these things. And so, yeah, it's just a great time of year, naturally, to be thinking about um, how would God have me change? I think one temptation is to be overzealous. Mm. Um, and, and that's where, you know, somebody like Edwards, you can look at, what'd you say, 70, 75? In his first year. Yeah. In his first, yeah. And when you read some of them, you're like, oh my, <laughs> this is <laughs> overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I, I think just any kind of goal setting, habit formation, it, it, it always helps to be realistic yeah. and start with something manageable. Better to set one goal for a habit that you're going to develop right. and actually develop it than... 70 that sound great and you, yeah. and you keep none of them. Yeah. So, Man, I, and maybe you're like me. I, I know when I was younger, especially there was like this sense of as soon as I mess up, as soon as like I miss a day in my Bible reading or I, I miss something, oh, I've, I've ruined everything. I've yes. ruined the year. Now I have to wait till January to restart. Right. Um, that, that's not at all. <laughs> that, right. That would, that would stall out anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so being willing to pivot, being willing to, uh, just start where you are right now mm-hmm. um, and jump as was one Bible reading plan that we followed in the past is just jump in, just jump in uh, mm-hmm. wherever you are. And and that's a good attitude to have with all the spiritual disciplines and, and with our whole life. Like now is the best time to start. Yeah. Um, you don't need the, like you said earlier, it's not the turning of the calendar. It's not the new year that causes a blank slate. No, our slate is blank because of Christ and because of, of his work that he's done. So therefore, we are free to start over. We're free to start new right now. Mm-hmm. And that's really freeing, um, that we don't have to have 70 <laughs> resolutions. But yeah. there are some there's some bangers in there. There's some good ones. There's <laughs> like, I resolve to live with all my might while I do live. Mm. Yes, I, I want that too, but yes. that's yes. going to be tricky. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Resolutions are, I think, one way to think about it. It's a decision to cultivate a new and godly habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned this in the first sermon in our series of Habits of Grace for this January, that um, you know, really personal change is about habit formation, mm. um, putting off old habits and putting on new habits or rehabituating ourselves to a godly way of living. Um, and so it's a good time to take inventory. Right. Where have I developed habits unintentionally? Hmm. This is just kind of what's normal. I mean, that's the thing about habits is sometimes they're hard to realize because the, the, our habits just define what is normal. This is right. the normal way things are. That's what I always life, do. That's what I always do. Yeah. In, in my home, whatever. Um, but when you start to take inventory of those things and realize, okay, here's an area, you know, pick Pick one area. Uh, I would recommend Justin Early's book, Habits of the Household. Yes. Um, helpful structure to that even. He just, each chapter he goes through kind of different aspects of household or daily routine from uh, waking up habits at the beginning of the day to bedtime habits at the end of the day to mealtime habits. He, he uses those. These are things you do all the time. You Every day you wake up, every day you go to bed, you eat meals, um, and then he's got several others sprinkled through there. Uh, but just uses those to take inventory of like what what is normal in your life and 
what do those habits or liturgies, to, to think of them that way, what do they say about what you value and what you mm. love? Uh, and and I, I've just found that book to be incredibly encouraging, uh, accessible, uh, rather than like lofty and unattainable perfection, just very helpful pointers yeah. about, hey, here, here's a simple habit, but if you do this, it would change things. Like a bedtime habit of just stopping at my at, at the, the um, door to my children's room mm. before I go to bed to pray. Yeah. Making that a daily habit that now, after practicing that, when I'm heading to my room to go to bed, it, it just it's become a habit to stop and pause mm. and pray for them, and uh, it's a, a sweet thing. So yeah. uh, that that book is very practical. Yeah, um, as to opposed to pointers. reminding, I'm reminded of like a like a, a years a couple of years ago, the the book on this stuff was was James Smith's um, "You Are What You Love," mm-hmm. which is a great book, helpful, yeah. but real philosophical, kind of lofty, yeah. which is again important and right, mm-hmm. but I appreciate about the habits of the household is that it is so tactile. It is, yeah. it, I've, I've almost read, use it almost as a reference. Yeah. Like whereas I've taken inventory of like, man, our mealtime could be mm-hmm. better, yeah. <laughs> more proactive, um, rather than just reactive chaos. Um, so go to his book and find some things. I'm reminded of like Marty Machowski when he, when he was here, uh, uh, this summer swinging through and he, he was doing a, just a quick seminar on family worship. He something that he suggested that has stuck with our meal time is something simply as dinner, devotion, dessert, mm-hmm. you eat dinner together. That's key. Um, devotions and then dessert <laughs> and dessert. It, it is a, it is like, for instance, my daughter, she, she asks, so are we doing dinner devotions, dessert tonight? Cause <laughs> Primarily oh, yeah. the de- the dessert. Kids will learn the habit. The they will learn so fast. So they come they, to expect it. But it's it has shaped us. I mean, yeah. it has where before devotions were such a chaotic, if 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 happening at all, um, because of just three little kids just trying to keep them at that table is one thing. Yeah. But let alone now, we, there's a focus, there's a pull, um, and then I think that's what these resolutions, these you know, this reset is allows us to do is just pause, take time, and think. What are some specific, tangible goals I can set mm-hmm. for my own personal sanctification and, and for the sanctification of my household, mm-hmm. for my children, for my wife, for our marriage? What are some of those things that I can set now? Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things, like for me, which is on my list of things as I was consciously thinking about this new year is is being, um, just being, when I get home from work, recognizing it's not my time when mm-hmm. I get home from work. Um, you know, working uh, a job and a half being, I'm busy a lot. Um, and there's a tendency within my own soul when I get home to be like, you know what? I just need to lay down. I just need to, I need a break. My kids see me and they, they want to hang out. They want to play. They want to wrestle. They want to jump in. And to there's a temptation in my soul to self pity to, I just, I've had a long day. Can I just chill out and just waiting for bedtime? And then I can really chill out resolve to not, waste these years mm-hmm. to not waste that time to to be present with my children to read with them when they say can you read with me to play with them when they ask yeah. to play and and so forth those are mm-hmm. that that's how i that's one area not on my own strength clearly not on my own strength on my own strength i would prefer to just take a nap yeah. <laughs> but only because of christ and his power am i able now to grow in that sanctification and it's not a, like you were saying earlier 
at no point can I say, oh, look what I have done. Mm. You know, if there's if there's any success, through, you know, this time next year, there's been the needles moved at all. I cannot say, look what I have done. Mm-hmm. Like we sang on Sunday, no, look what God has done. That's right. Um, and that's what's so sweet about yep. the gospel. Yep. Yeah. And and yeah, that's another reason I would just plug Justin Early's book, Habits of the Household, because I, I think he helpfully points out there, our tendency is to think in our minds... Um, I have this resolution to be a better dad mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, take the, the typical one uh, to get in shape or right. whatever. So oftentimes those are so, um, they're lofty. Our, our minds think that, but, but they don't ever actualize because we don't take the, the little steps to put into place the habits that actually accumulate to mm. produce that change. And so giving thought to, okay, so if, if that's what I aspire to, that's what I am resolved to, really I need to get more practical and specific about like what is the, the habit I'm going to cultivate, the practice, what's the thing I'm going to be to do so that as I practice that, um, that leads my heart in that direction and I actually become that kind of person. That's good. Um, you just have to get specific. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, well, I'm resolved to read the Bible. Okay, we have you have to get a little bit more specific like, I'm going to read, you know, find a Bible reading plan and I'm going to read at this time of day right. and I'm going to begin doing that. Then you chip away. Yeah. Um, that, that's how I think I shared that quote on Sunday about the thing about habit is habits is they're so small and yet their aggregate impact is yeah. enormous. That's right. It is what kind of sets the tone. And, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's helpful, yeah. you know, by God's grace, and by His grace alone, mm-hmm. are we able to make any progress? If there's going to be any fruit, it's going to be fruit of the Spirit. Uh, and so we do. We ask God to fill us with His Spirit at the beginning of this new year to to give us faith, to to give us endurance, to give us longevity in this process. And that hopefully this time next year we can see progress. But it's mm-hmm. just progress. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit further up, a little bit further in, right. as we keep going and pressing on by His grace. So that's helpful. Thank you, Ryan. Yes. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles or missional communities or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.